Hello and welcome into the Section 109 podcast. It's kind of a weird time because we're not doing YouTube today. It's a little old school. And we're not in person, Matthew. Hello from Chattanooga. Where are you? I'm in Nashville, Tennessee. You know, work schedules make getting these these reviews, these recaps out uh, a little difficult sometimes. But um, sorry we couldn't get it done from the airport, listeners, if you were hoping that we had one of these. Um, we tried. We just ran out of time. We tried on our layover and before our first flight. And both times we just didn't quite have enough time or there was too many people around or whatever else. We couldn't really make it happen. Um, but here we are. To review, Matthew, a very, very fun game that we attended. A little 5 nothing CFC smashing Albion action. What's your uh, first reactions to that? Uh, my first reaction was that it was, without a doubt, the calmest I have ever been on a road game. Yeah, no joke, me too. Uh, and we, we had kind of gone in with that mindset for this game. Uh, and maybe for like m- maybe most of our road games this year, especially when it's just like a couple of us um, to like, just be a little bit more chill, like enjoy a little bit, uh, um, you know, st- not try to pick fights with, with, with the referees or help them a lot. And you, didn't, uh, you only helped the lines judge like on one play a few times. You were very, very well behaved. I was, I was shocked. Yeah, there was, a, I think there was an offside call that was literally right in front of me. Yes, that was the one. I was like, that's that. Come on, that's like pretty clearly onside, but whatever. Uh, well, he, and I, and I think he I think was it's a not. Good, it's a good. He was not physically able to keep up, which was a problem. Yeah, yeah. I think it's a new leaf for us. Uh, it's also could be just our old age showing. Uh, nobody, and you know, we, we don't got time for that anymore. Um, but, but that's okay. Uh, I had a great time. Albion was, uh, believe it or not, like one of the more fun away atmospheres I've been to, uh, at least in, in, in the pro ranks, um, Why maybe that? excluding like the, maybe excluding like Detroit or something. Um, there was like 750 people there. There were a ton of kids, ton of kid players from the uh, the Albion Academy, and ton of Albion gear, which is why I think it was you know kids from the academy. And I don't know, it was just fun. Like they actually like scanned our tickets. They um, they had multiple vendors. Did this little yeah multiple vendors. There was tacos. There was some no beer. Uh, yeah, some soft drinks. It's a fancy. As, as our Uber driver put it, oh, yeah, that's a school where, uh, uh, where you know, it costs as much to send your kids to, to college as it is there. So I assume it's like our their equivalent of like a Baylor Macaulay GPS type place. Um, it was fun, though. At 60th minute, they had the flag run. Recording in progress. They, I just hit record. They invited on this, all the. So we can uh, we can play with if we can put these on YouTube. Keep going. Oh, nice. They, they had the flag uh, run. They. they yeah, the flag around the 60th minute, which would allow for uh, like all the kids to come down, and then they like all the kids, you know, were given some flags from the supporters section, or if the if Albion had any flags laying around, they ran across the track. There was a track separating the stands from the field. Kids ran down the track. I don't know if you could see this on the stream or not. There was and then like they fifty ran of them. back. There was like fifty of them. Yeah, it was. There was a lot of them. It was pretty fun. And it was like the running of the bulls, but a much more adorable version because there was one Albion supporter. Uh, there was more than one at the game. There was probably like seven or eight, maybe. But there was one Albion supporter who was in the front with the flag running down. And uh, 
yeah, it was it was good. Uh, the vibes were good. The tacos were good. I got uh, salt and vinegar popcorn from this stand, and you know, after the first few bites, it honestly wasn't that good. But I ate the entire bag because that's how salt and vinegar does to you. And uh, yeah, I had a, I had a blast as well. We got to just hang out with our boy Brett Jones, guest co-host Brett Jones. Miss that guy. Um, yeah, that was that was fun. And then we probably had the California contingent, which were not all sitting with us, but like the parent parents and you know, since we've taken over Cal United basically, uh, and plus a couple guys that are just from California, the California contingent had to be like forty deep um, between all the yeah, all was, the families. It was hard to notice before and during the match, except um, for when we scored. There was a nice pop from like different areas but it, yeah it was, they weren't super rowdy they were very nice classy parents yeah but like the the pop for lenny's goal among the players was huge and we can talk about that later but the, among the among the fans it was also big and you know he, he had a couple people out there yeah a bunch of our guys had, had had some people out there and by the end when the players came over and you know shook hands high-fived kind of look across the, the railing and it was just people everywhere to yeah. see them, which was really, really nice. It was good. So one last thing before we dive into the actual recap of the game, uh, do the San Diego trip. If you get a chance, y'all like there's another one that involves an LA trip as well. Um, so there's two games being played in September. It's awesome. Matt and I went out and did some scouting in Oceanside for where we want to stay base in Oceanside. We can, you can take the train up and back and around. It's so much fun. It's the San Diego is paradise in a lot of ways. And while I don't want to live there, uh, I, I love to visit. I love to love to visit. So in honor of Coach Rod, I'm going to do something. That is a, sparkle, a little Perrier. That is a sparkling water. It's not a Perrier. It is a San Pellegrino, which uh, Rod does not discriminate in his um, sparkling waters. He likes Perrier, but he likes lots of different kinds, he's told me. Um, so this is San Pellegrino. It is zero, uh, zero flavor of any kind. It's just sparkling water. And I figured that was an appropriate... 839 in the morning drink to have uh for a rod team that won five zero. Matthew, why don't you give us that. why don't you give us the lineups if you got them in front of you? Yeah, I can do that. Uh, I'll also just say first, if you're thinking about going to San Diego and and uh and Irvine area for for our, our games in September, hit us up. We've been a bunch of times now. We know uh kind of what to, what to aim for, maybe where to stay away from. We can probably help as well if, if you're if you have different different levels of budget you're looking at. Uh, Breezy and I like to stay on points just everywhere, fly on points, stay on points, um, which makes it really easy for us. Uh, but we've we've done some scouting in Oceanside, which is fairly expensive in terms of hotels. Uh, but we're we've also looked for some some more budget options, and you, and you can definitely find some deals. If you're willing to to get a little outside, and the train is very useful for that, it's why it's why Oceanside's mentioned because we can base on the train going both directions. So, with that being said, let's uh, let's go into the lineups. So, uh, no surprise, uh, Jean Antoine, Antoine started in goal. Uh, Jung Wusso uh, was our starter at right back. Anatoly Prepolitsa was our starter at right center back. Aiden Bowers at left center back. Joseph Perez at left back in the midfield no changes richard dixon at the holding midfield position alex mcgrath and luis garcia sosa in front of him uh we did make a change on the right hand side uh if you remember from the open cup game uh matai was subbed out 
in about the 30th minute with a bit of an injury. Um, and and Damian Rodriguez replaced him. Then Damian Rodriguez replaced him in, in the starting lineup on, on Sunday. Uh, Taylor Gray out left, no surprise. And then Marcus Nagelstad up top, also no surprise. Yeah, the only surprise there is that Colin Stripling we knew was uh, going to be available on this. He did not... Um... He was not available because of red card and injury the last two games. And we were told it was a precautionary thing, the reason they didn't take him to Des Moines. Um, so I kind of thought we might see him in the starting lineup at that uh, kind of right-back position, but Jung Woo So maintained his spot. Um, I thought he had a really solid first half, and uh, you know he got pulled at halftime, spoiler alert, um, but he got pulled at halftime probably more because he had a yellow card, less because he was playing poorly, um, which is great management, and it's nice to have depth where you can pull somebody. Um for a yellow card. So some of the key moments in the game before we get to kind of our keys, uh, we came out flying and by flying, I mean, we took a long corner, which is already wild. Um, Aiden Bowers heads it back across the box. Prepolita literally dunked on a child. Uh, he, he did the shack dunk on somebody, um, for the header in. It is beautiful. Um, it is exactly what you'd want a six foot five, you know, 210 pounds, whatever Prepolitsa is, like center back to look like when they go to head the ball because there was no stopping him. You could have been any, but you could have been fucking Merritt from the stars and you wouldn't have stopped that guy. I mean, he just absolutely uh, hammered that home. And if he doesn't get it, Marcus gets it. And if Marcus doesn't get it, Taylor gets it. I mean, it's just, it's a great set piece. It's a beautiful header across the box from Aiden Bowers. Obviously something they had planned um, and love that immediately to uh, one nothing in the second minute. Yeah, and, and it didn't take long um, from there. Uh, in the 10th minute, uh, Taylor Gray plays the pass of the match. Maybe um, the pass of the season, and and Prepolitsa had a, a, a an assist from like the 15-yard line in, the, in football. So like that tells you how good the pass was. It is an unbelievable pass between uh, between lines. Great, uh, absolutely great takes pass. the entire defense out. Great run from and, Alex, too. Great run from Alex too. Yeah, and 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 Marcus is and Marcus is is just you know playing the offside line real well. Slips in behind Taylor, finds him. Marcus turns and and shoots. And Marcus, and, and, you mean I mean, Al, like, you mean it, Alex? Uh, yeah, sorry, Al, Alex. Alex turns and shoots. And at this point, it, it's one on one uh, basically with with goalkeeper Ben Roach, who makes an unbelievable save. Uh, but in doing so, he kind of hits it straight up in the air. And Alex is able to recover faster and kind of just off balance acrobatically, you know, kicks it, side kicks it in. Uh, and it's two nothing in the 10th minute. By the way, that's not going to go down as, as a Taylor Gray assist for those that are wondering, which, even though it was unbelievable. Which Matthew's angry uh, about. Kind of, yeah, I'm a little, I'm a little, I'm a little saucy about that one. I told, um, I told Alex McGrath after the game when they, everybody came over to shake hands. I was like, "You ruined Taylor's perfectly good assist there, Alex." He goes, "I know, I know, I should have finished the first one." I mean, I was just messing with him. Obviously, like all that matters is he scored, uh, and it was an unbelievable save. What really matters, though, is that the absolute incredible number of uh, shot XA that that Alex's attempt will get will, will, will be credited to Taylor anyway. So there's that. There you go. Um, there you go. Uh, so 
I'll, I'll take the goal in the 20th minute. So in the 20th minute, the entire defense for Albion just falls asleep. So a uh, new weapon, Anatoly Prepolitsa, who had a goal early on, also has a leg uh, like Ederson style where he can kick it like one end of the field to the other. And he just takes a free kick where which deep in our areas we decide not to pass it out and he just kicks the ball long over the top and diagonal so he's closer to the far touch line he kicks it i don't know he's at the 20 yard line 25 yard line whatever it is i don't know 15 where it was way he's, back he's inside he's, he's like on he's like at the edge of the box uh on the side even better so he, he kicks it about a mile um, up in the air, and the entire right side of that defense, the entire defense falls asleep, but the right side of the defense never like makes any sort of communication that Taylor is running down the left wing, and the uh, left side of the defense and center backs have no idea Taylor's there, including one guy who turns around and is visibly surprised and doesn't and like jumps three times, uh, kind of like trying to figure out what to do, and Taylor's just wide open in space because it's just a ball over the top and no one knows he's there. He's one-on-one with the keeper. He has all the time in the world. He slots at home. Three nothing. In the twentieth minute, this is this is a um, there. There's a moment in in between the the second goal and the third goal. There's a moment where we took another long. I don't know if it was a goal kick or if it was a long long free kick, and it was not quite as it, the, the the ball was not quite as long. It was closer to you know within ten yards of midfield, and. Uh, it was aimed towards Marcus, and Marcus went up, or, or, or like backed into a defender, like he was about to go go up and challenge for the ball. And he essentially diced the defender into not p- following the ball properly, and then didn't go up at all, faked him out. Yeah, and he was hoping that Taylor was going to run in behind on the same play, and uh, he didn't. There was a miscommunication, but it set the stage for this goal. Because uh, Taylor was not gonna, not gonna not make the run in behind uh, this time around. So yeah, that was three nil. Uh, not terribly long after, uh, there were several moments in this game where where Alex McGrath had turned over, uh, had basically pickpocketed whether it was like a six or one of the center backs uh, to start in hockey. They called an odd man rush, and. On one occasion, we weren't able to get a shot off. On another occasion, there was a yellow card. It should have uh, been a red for a card. tackle that could have, could have been a red. Should have been a red. Card. Really could have been. And uh, on this occasion, it was Luis Garcia Sosa. Uh, Albion had recycled a couple of times, uh, just not able to get through our, our our defense the way we had set up. And and Albion was fairly committed to trying to play on the ground, uh, and, and and play out of the back. And I think that's I think that's going to be a feature for them, and, uh, and and they were missing one of their one of their good center backs, frankly, and and so and that definitely hurt them. Um, but like they had recycled the ball a couple couple times around, and we hadn't like put a ton of like direct quick pressure. Uh, we we put pressure, but it was a little bit slower to, to materialize. So the center backs were kind of operating in the sequence, like they had more time than they did. And Except for Alex McGrath had Luis, already taken the ball from a center back or a six in, twice in 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 this sequence. This was so dumb, uh, so dumb. And and you know there was there was one play the ball got got reversed and Luis was already not that far away uh, from from the defender uh, Gabriel Robertson uh, Robinson 
and a former USL championship player, by the way, and a former like national team, like rotational, like guy who was in camp a few times for fucking Guatemala. So bad, dude. Yeah. Keep going. And, and he ball was played to him. It wasn't very hard. Luis had time to get over. And I think, I think Gabe Robinson took a touch and he took no more touches because Luis had picked, been picked his pocket was off to the races. Marcus also was off to the races and, you know, two on the goalkeeper, Luis dribbled at the goalkeeper and just laid it off. And Marcus, uh, Roach makes a great effort here, but Marcus just chips him. It was very disrespectful. It was lovely. It looks like if you, if you watched it in live time, you're like, Ooh, Marcus was lucky to score. That looks like it took, looks like the goalkeeper got a hand on it. No, no, no. It just dribbled in. Not that fast because he chipped the goalkeeper, uh, which was great on replay. Um, (laughs) Yeah, to be up that, like, that was just really surprising. And like you said, really calm from the stands because it's like, holy shit, we're up 4 nothing in the 35th minute. Uh, what is even going on? And from then on, like, the game gets a little different, right? We go into halftime. We've still had some other chances, um, and we've been danger adjacent a bunch. Like, we've, we look solid. We look good. Um, but no, like, not too many big saves or anything um, go through that time. And then we come out after halftime. Colin Stripling comes in, halftime sub. And nice to see him get his first action of the season and we kind of I think mentally like turned off um I think we just kind of like went like we're up for nothing you know these these guys are literally terrible um and we played um up and down would be a charitable way to call the second half we played pretty poorly for large portions of that second half meaning we could have chosen to control that game and we let them have about a 10 minute period where they were pretty good um, and we're kind of probably unlucky not to score at least one. I don't think they would have got more than one, um, but they could have scored one. And we had, a, in fact, a clearance off the line that I think is Alice McGrath. Um, Jean-Antoine had a couple big saves, but it was kind of all in the same sequence. Because So again, I think it would have become one goal, not like three goals. But we shouldn't have done that, and we should be better, and we need to be better. Um, that being said, I'm not worried about that second half because we're. this is still like the beginning of the season, we're still coming together. Uh, what we did do is bring it back home in the second half. So we started making subs towards the end. Uh, Marcus looks like he picked up a little bit of an injury. Um, not Nothing serious, he said, but he got kicked in the leg um, or something. So he had ice on his leg after the game. And so we get uh, Juan Louis for Damien in the 76th minute. As we've seen, Rod starts subs about the 75th minute now. Um, this year, we get Beto for Luis in the 84th and Lenny for Marcus in the 87th. And the wild thing here is Lenny is on the field for, I think, 18 seconds before he scores. 17 17 seconds, excuse me, before he scores his first CFC goal with his first touch of the ball in a game ever. And that was wonderful because it was great vibes. It was also wonderful because the entire team mobbed him, including Jean-Antoine, who came running up from the goal. And you just don't see that very often. You see that in like a game winner in the you know final 30 seconds of, of extra time where the goalkeeper will come running up and jump yeah. on. But no, this was everybody was so pumped. You could see for Lenny. Everybody was so uh, just happy. And, and man, the vibes were immaculate, as the children say. Yeah, you don't often see that for the fifth goal uh, in a 5-0 win. Uh and I think, I think it was a really cool moment. I agree a lot with what you said about the second half. Uh, we weren't very good coming out of the gate. Um, truthfully, I, I think we were we were playing, we, we started playing the second half like it was, um, like we were we were playing a team that was down 4-0. Um, 
And I told you this during the game. I told you this before the game. I told you this after the game. Uh, I I think Albion's going to be decent. And I think it'll, it, it looks like it's going to take them some time to get there. Um, but I think I think they're good. I think they're going to be decent. I think they've got a lot a lot of young players. Um, I mean, like we went through we went through the ages of of their their guys. Like you know the the right back was was the worst player in the field. He was also probably seventeen or eighteen. They were starting like two guys who were basically twenty years old in midfield, and then Daniel Bedoya, who's a a, a regular pro for the last five years. They were also starting uh, a twenty year old at center back. Uh, a couple, a couple like a nineteen year old or a twenty year old at, at one of the mid uh, the winger positions, like maybe two of them actually. Like they're it's going to take them a little bit of time. They're probably not going to be that deep overall unless they make some signings. Uh, so missing Ernest Mitchell, their center back, who was very, very good for them last year. Yeah, that I mean, that's a that's a problem. You know what I mean? So I think we'll I think we'll see better from Albion. Um, but, you know, I also I also think that as it's as it looks like I think a lot of Nice is going to be fairly similar in terms of in terms of level and from kind of looking at where where we are we might be just be one of those teams that has that extra that extra thing and maybe two extra things uh, which hopefully would be nice for us uh, long term in the season I want to be really clear. Um, Albion are dog shit. Albion are trash, and I will hear nothing, including from from Rod, who's much smarter than me, who after the game said, "Don't be fine. They're a pretty good team. They're probably going to make the playoffs." <laughs> uh, which he he said with a straight face, and I'm not going to say it with a straight face. They are trash, and we dominated them, and they suck. Um, you ready to go to three keys? Yeah, speaking of, let's go to your first key. Pros versus children. You could see I didn't actually know the ages of the Albion players until we looked it up after the game, and look. It was clearly pros against kids. Um, it is a thing that I love to see. You did see it last year in the Charlotte uh, game when they came up here, um, the Charlotte MLS team, and like we just absolutely slapped them around and not with our starting lineup. Why? Because we had pros who have experience and just are not children, naive children. Children have to mature and get better, and it's not just about talent. It's about like gamesmanship and knowing how to play, and they got a little foul happy in the second half, which, by the way, was bad. Um, and so, yeah, it was just pros versus children. My number two, we are not a finished product. I said this kind of earlier in my first half versus second half thing, but I'm not worried. This is the normal part of the season. Teams have to gel. Like, um, teams have to learn to put their foot on the neck of the opponent and like keep it there and hold them there. Um, you finish the fight. Like we finished the fight adequately well. We didn't allow a goal. Um, but I think most of that was because we are more talented, not that we played super well. Now, am I shitting on us? Do I think we risked losing the game? Of course not. Uh, we were always going to win that game. And in, if it goes poorly for us, that game finishes 4-2, right? But that game should finish 5-0. And it did finish 5-0. And I think middle of the season, we will finish that game differently because we will be more cohesive as a unit. Um, I just think we're going through some growing pains. And uh, five goals, five different scorers, Matthew. This year, we did the math, eight uh, eight different goal scorers for 12 goals. Um, that's phenomenal. In three games. In three games. Does that mean we're going to score this many every game? I sure hope so. Uh, but I don't. probably not. The wild thing is, uh, we said last year that 
we thought this was before Marcus exploded. Actually, before we signed Marcus, like you, your your thought on Rod was like, well, we're going to generate a lot of different chances for a lot of different players, and just a lot of different guys are going to have like five goals. Um, and again, it's third game of the season, but like Marcus came in last year and he scored basically half our goals, which is great. We scored a lot of goals. I'm not complaining, but you always want to see things spread out. And man, we look this year like we're just going to score or generate chances from every position, it feels like. And if we're, we continue to generate chances in a similar way, we probably won't score them at the rate we're scoring them now, but who knows. But if we continue generating chances in the way that we are, where got, everyone is getting chances, we're going to be very, very, very tough to beat because if you shut down Marcus by triple-teaming him, someone else is going to score. If you shut down Alex or Taylor, which last year if you shut down Alex, Taylor, and Marcus, like that was most of our goals – not, not not so far this year. So loving that offensive output. Matthew, what are your three keys? I think I think uh, it's a balance. I, I think it's a balanced thing right, right now. We're just more balanced. So when you take away something or you focus on something, it opens up something for somebody somebody else. And and we're scoring a lot of goals. It's true. We're not creating like that many more chances than the goals we're scoring. And that's the part I think is going to get it real interesting. Is we're going to create some more chances out of this too. Yeah. We're going to, the wheels will get so, more greased. Key number one, long balls are good. Now. Uh, if you remember the beginning of last season, especially if you were with us watching the away value United game, you'll remember that we had a, just a com- dogmatic commitment to playing the ball on the ground or the Atlanta United uh, us open cup game. Just, passing the ball, trying to keep possession, trying to, to work out our system. And that was by design. That was, that was coach's design. I think you'll see this year that the team already understands um, how to play on the ground. They understand how to keep possession. They understand where to be, where to move. I think that's still a work in progress, but like by and large, they get it. What it seems to have been allowed to have happened here is uh and as long as the habits don't get bad that like when you need to play the ball long yeah okay play the ball long like we're not screwing around here and and i think you've seen that from there were a couple clearances that just you know we we hoofed it and, and we reset the defense there were a couple of those free kick opportunities including the one that led to taylor gray's goal uh where you know, if 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 Albion is pressed in and basically on the the halfway line, uh, their their center backs are on the halfway line. You know, maybe maybe because like if Preparlitz is going to take that kick or if Antoine's going to take that kick, we're just going to be out of sorts defensively and out of shape. Maybe you just maybe you just pump it and dump it. You know what I mean? Uh, that's an interesting development. It's something to keep watching for. Uh, but I think it's it's a, almost a matter of trust. I think there's a lot more trust with this team to play with the principles uh, and also recognize a game situation. Key number two, goalkeeping keeps the game out of arm's length. Um, early in the second half, there were a couple of, of, of moments. I think one was in the 50th minute. Uh guy gets the ball cuts in great curling shot um against a lot of keepers that's probably a goal against every other keeper in nisa i think that's a goal by the way 
Antoine gets on his like super Superman uh, shirt and like just goes and like flies and and, and gets it. Uh, and there were a couple it, more moments. I think he gets it with two hands, by the way, not just one hand. Yeah, which is the wildest shit. There's there's a couple more moments, a couple of good saves he has to make. Um, that's the kind of thing that we need out of a goalkeeper. Uh, we don't necessarily want them to be involved very often. We only want them to make a couple saves because we want the defense to do the work before that. But there are going to be moments, whether it's we create, we, whether our defense, uh, we we make a lapse and there's a, a there's a big scoring opportunity. We're going to need them to come up big, or if an Albion player like what happened in the 50th minute just makes a really good play and takes a low percentage shot. Like those can still go in and you have to be ready for those and you have to be able to take care of business uh, when, when the opportunity comes. And uh, I don't know what would have happened if that ball goes in and it becomes four one, I suspect nothing, but also keeping it four zero keeps hope away from Albion. And that's really, really important. And that's a, a, a massive key. And, and, and frankly, Antoine came up big against Des Moines a couple times as well. Uh, so I don't want to take anything away from there. He's it's a good start to the season for him. And that's exactly the kind of uh, goalkeeping we need this year. That's exactly the reason we went out and got him in the offseason. Needs a Golden Glove winner is why we went and got him, right? It's it's these big moments. Like you said, The some, sometimes there's going to be some big moments and we need the goalkeeper to come up big. Uh, your third point here, it's interesting to me. Um, I have, and I'm going to say your third point, then I want you to explain it. Uh, repeatable goals one, two, and five. Without, uh, since it's a recap and not a nerd breakdown, without going too in depth, give me uh, why one, two, and five are repeatable goals and what you're thinking in that. So let me take three and four first. Goal number three was the long ball from Prepolitsa to Taylor Gray, and the back line is just sleep, asleep at the wheel. Goal number four is Luis Garcia Sosa picking the pocket of a center back and taking a two-on-one against the goalkeeper. I don't think we're going to see a lot of that. If we do, this league is going to be really horrible. Uh, I just don't think we're going to see a ton of that. We're more likely to see like goal number one, a set, a header across the the box and from a from a corner kick, a redirect goal. We're going to see some set piece goals this year. Uh, goal number two, Taylor Gray playing between lines and gaps, or just our team playing between lines and gaps in general, getting behind the defense. We're going to see some of that. And then goal number five also comes on a set piece. Uh, it, it started out like that, like that Syracuse set piece for Greg Stratton's goal. If you remember last year, uh, Alex has a little bit of trouble controlling what might've been a hellfire missile coming in from Richard Dixon. Uh, and the defender kind of pokes it out, but it's right to Beto Alvarenga and Beto just beats his man. Uh, really, really great play. If you can beat your man in that situation, get to the byline at the edge of the six and cut it back, you've got a good chance of something nice happening. And and credit to Lenny, he was in the right place at the right time, redirected that ball in. That's a that's a repeatable chance. Uh, Cutbacks in the box, and baby. Are, and set pieces are also really important when you are uh, when you are already in control of a game because it's just one of those opportunities that you can have you can just be better than the other team and show it in a clear way. And that's why I say one, one, two, and five are repeatable. I think we'll see a bunch of goals like that over the course of the season. Cool. I'm going to steal one of your bonus ones, which we kind of already talked about a little bit, but welcome back, Colin Stripling. That would have been my bonus uh, had you not put it down. Um, wonderful to have you back, buddy. 
Um, he hasn't played that we have seen him since the Atlanta United game. Um, and I'm very, very happy to have him back. I think he will be a big part of the team going forward. Uh, Matthew, do you want to give your bonus two and bonus three? Yeah, bonus two, you've already mentioned it. Lenny Lopez, first CFC touch was a goal. Uh, such an incredible moment. Love very, it. very cool. Uh, just just so good. Can't wait to see more from him. Uh, remember, we had, you know, Taylor Gray was was becoming, was going up top. And Juan Louis was going to the left in kind of the first two subdivision, or I guess the, the Des Moines substitution pattern. And what we saw was Juan Louis went in on the right-hand side, although movement was not available. Uh, Taylor stayed in the game and Lenny went up top. So something to watch out for. I think we'll see a bunch of different combinations there. Uh, bonus number three, Amtrak is dope and we should fund it well and fund it through Chattanooga because it was awesome. Taking the train from San Diego where we flew into up to Oceanside was super, super simple. We ran Oceanside uh, in the afternoon and I had already made a plan for this just in case. Um, but we, we were got done. We had plenty of time and we rode the Amtrak up to Orange County, up to Irvine, ended up going to an Orange County, uh, Indy 11 match that night and then rode the Amtrak also back to San Diego. Uh, it was very, very cool. Uh, we need one of those connecting us to, uh, to Nashville and Atlanta. It makes too much sense. Uh, and, and, and you all should, should right now right now get on the interwebs email or, or or tweet or instagram message mayor tim kelly you should thank him for bending together with a couple of other mayors to uh send a request for a route study to amtrak it's the first step that we needed for uh getting rail passenger rail back in chattanooga you're a nerd but i agree with you um all right i got an idea here that you have put and uh we only have about Two minutes left, so let's, let's roll through this before this Zoom meeting ends and we have to jump off. Call-in podcast, old school. Can we do that? Yeah, I was more mostly referencing, like, for, like, you and me, of, like, can I just call you if I'm on the road and you be sitting uh, in the studio see, and take my call? I got an, but I, also, I got an idea. But also, what if on the way home from Birmingham, if, kind of no matter what happens, could be fun. If we lose terribly, that would be a, a maybe a less um, good vibes podcast, but... We did it in the only time we ever did a call in podcast was on the road. We went live on Periscope on Twitter and we did a call in thing when we were driving in your car uh, from Stumptown, I think. Um, and I think we should do maybe consider doing that again because that's what your note here uh, spiked in my brain was what if on the way home from Birmingham or a different game, we did a call in podcast right after the game. Not an every game thing, too much bandwidth, too much stuff, but it'd be fun to pick a road game that was fun. And do like a quick uh, call in. Everybody can get uh, get their their uh, thoughts in real quick. So I don't know. Just a thought there. Um, I liked your your thing there. I, I like that you said one thing that I did not understand at all, and then I went a completely different direction. But could be fun. Matthew, anything left? I think I'm good. Uh, sorry for the the delayed the delayed podcast. We're going to try to turn this around for you immediately uh, on on this Thursday. I had a Flower City. Flower City is going to be better than they were last year. Uh, just be prepared for that. Do I think we beat them 5-0? Probably not, but you never know in this league. Um, look out for Luke Ferreira on the Flower City team. Who? CFC player from last year. Who? Luke Ferreira. No. Luke Ferrari. There Sorry. you go. Yeah. <laughs> I've never heard of a Luke Ferreira, but a Luke Ferrari, yeah. So Flower City is interesting. They played the first two games this season. 
kind of trying to play the exact same way that we do. Um, they'll pinch in those outside backs a little bit. Uh, it's have a, have a big bank of four as in the attacking band. It's something interesting to watch for. I think we'll be, if we come out when we play our game, we'll take care of business at home. I agree. Matthew, thank you for joining me this morning. And I will see you Saturday when we hopefully, cr- well, not hopefully, when we crush the dreams of Rochester. Peace. Uh, we will, sorry, before you, before you sign it off, uh, there will be a Flower City fan there. Uh, I have confirmed that. So show them some good hospitality at the tailgate and at the bar afterwards when we kick his ass. Cheers.